and welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast. Here, we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you're a Christian homeschooling family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Hannah Bowlby, who's the Development Manager for The Greatest Journey. Hannah and I will discuss the importance of discipleship within our homes and communities, and she'll tell you about some great resources that are available for your family or church here, even as she gives us some really interesting information about how our family's involvement with their ministry impacts children all over the world. I was saddened and astonished as we chatted to learn that Barna Research has found out some really staggering things about how U.S. children are being reached and discipled right now. And I cannot encourage you strongly enough to listen in to learn about that and have your heart challenged as mine was about the opportunities that are available for our families right here as well as abroad. There is so much important information for you in this podcast. I look forward to your joining us here. everybody. Welcome back. I am so excited today to have Hannah Bolvi joining us on the podcast. Hannah is with Operation Christmas Child, and she's actually works on the development team for The Greatest Journey, which is their discipleship resource. And I am really, really excited to hear all about what is available, not only internationally, but also here domestically and for our family specifically. So Hannah, welcome to the program. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you. It is so good to be with you today. So why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself before we dive in? How long have you been with Operation Christmas Child? You know, what actually kind of got you engaged with with joining their team? Wow. Well, that could be a long story, but in a nutshell, (laughs) um, I will say that I've been with Operation Christmas Child for about five years and I used to be, um, I used to work in children's ministry and the church where I served, we had a family that introduced Operation Christmas Child to the church. And I got the privilege of then becoming the project leader for for that church. And that's what initially got me connected with Operation Christmas Child. And then the rest is a long story of grace and the Lord's leading. Wow. Well, I know that, you know, I would say that probably most of our families have some level of familiarity with Operation Christmas Child. But I would also say that most of us don't really have an in-depth idea of what you do. I have been amazed as I've gotten closer to you guys and gotten so excited about how many different things and how much thought and prayer goes behind every element of what you do. So what are some of the things about Operation Christmas Child just kind of as a whole that you can tell us that would be kind of behind the scenes, the stuff that we may not know or overlook? Well, I think one thing that a lot of people don't know about Operation Christmas Child is really the commitment to reaching the unreached. We are very strategic to not go where shoeboxes have been before. In fact, we have a one, one, one policy. That is one shoebox, one shoebox for one child for one lifetime. So, you know, that really means that, you know, we're not going back to the same places. We're constantly going to new places. And that's possible because we're working with national leadership teams, you know, the the shoeboxes are not given out by people from the United States who fly internationally and give out shoeboxes and then leave. The ministry is really entrusted to national leadership teams made up of nationals from 
every country in which we work. And they really own the shoebox ministry within their nation. And so partnering with them, partnering with a local church, we, we're, we're training and equipping volunteer leaders who are going to go out and work with the local churches at the ground level in the farthest corners of the earth. And our role is to equip them to do the work that God has already called them to do in their local communities. And so that's something the Operation Christmas Child is super passionate about and is super committed to. But a lot of people don't know that it's not, you know, we're not flying all over the world and giving people shoeboxes and telling them to love Jesus and leaving. Um, right. We're really long-term strategy partnering with pastors and churches and leaders that are already on the ground in these countries. Well, that the the one to one to one policy is is fascinating. I had no idea about that. So that really ups the ante on what we're sending, the power of what what we're able to participate in on this side and how impactful that has to be for that child who this is their one chance to to receive this kind of gift and make these kind of connections. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think another thing that people often don't know about Operation Christmas Child is that children don't know that they're going to receive a gift when they're invited Mm -hmm. to an outreach event. They're not said they're not told, hey, you know, come and we're going to give you a, a present. They're saying they're they're typically being told come to an outreach event. It's going to be fun. We're going to have songs and stories and, you know, um, typically whatever the cultural equivalent of cake is. And, you know, that's typically all a kid needs to know, like, sounds good. (laughs) And so um, we, we have that outreach event. There's a very clear standardized gospel presentation that is given at that outreach event. And then it is after all of that, that the gifts are brought out and given to the children. Because we've just, in the gospel presentation, talked about the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. But so many of these children, they don't really understand that term, a gift that is a no strings attached, that is a genuine offer. And so the shoeboxes actually serve as a as a as an object lesson, as a tangible evidence that somebody could give you something purely because they love you, having never seen you, no strings attached. It is truly a gift of love. And so the shoebox provides an opportunity for us to show children in a very tangible way what it means when it says that God loves you and he wants to give you something. So I think that that's something that a lot of people don't know about Operation Christmas Child. And then one last thing I think that is also important for people that maybe have packed shoeboxes for years is that you know, we are so committed to discipleship as well. It is not a, you know, flash in the pan outreach event. It is really a long-term strategy with the end goal of planting churches and building up the church wherever it exists. And so to that end, we, when you see some of the stats and some of the numbers that are coming out of Operation Christmas Child, that talk about how many children made a decision for Christ. Those decisions for Christ are not counted from the outreach events. You know, we recognize that those events are high energy, often sugar fueled, you know, (laughs) fun events for kids. And we don't feel like we are being truly responsible with our reporting. If we were to say like, oh, you know, give me a show of hands. Oh, that was 37 kids. Let's put that on the list. Right. The, um, those numbers 
um, that you see coming about out of Operation Christmas Child of, of children that have made a decision for Christ. That's actually through our discipleship program. And that's a commitment that they're making about six weeks in with a local teacher that has been meeting with them to disciple them for six weeks. And so wow. she, he or she has, by this point, they have a personal relationship with that child. They, you know, if that child's making a commitment, that's something that that teacher is saying, yeah, I can vouch that this child made a decision, you know, that they at this point in their life made a, a tangible commitment. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of credibility. I, it's one of the things I love about this ministry is um, they are not interested in inflating numbers at all. We're really trying to be very clear about what the Lord is doing. So those are some things that, you know, it's so easy to be like, you know, oh, you know, children are being impacted by the gospel and churches are being planted and, you know, hear all these big numbers and kind of say, hmm, I wonder what's really going on. But right. one of the things that I love about this ministry after being here for as long as I have is that what they say is what's actually happening. It's it's legit, you know. That's so, so exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Well, and it, it you're right. I think that from from the state side, from the giver side, there's always that question. There's always, you know, I'm sending this over, but I can't really see. And and you're mm-hmm. right. Those those moment in time decisions can be swayed by a whole lot of things. Sometimes children just want to please. And so exactly. they're, yeah. they're willing to make a decision. They, you know, anything you tell me, I'm totally willing to do. But to right. hear that those those aren't counted until after they have been discipled for six weeks and they're involved in this program and someone is taking really deep, a deep level of interest in their life and is mentoring mm-hmm. and shepherding them is, is just I, I, exciting doesn't seem to be the right word. That seems to fall short of yeah. that is glorious. That is that is awe inspiring, and I hope that it is energizing to all that are listening of just the depth of impact that this little gift it opens the door for in these other lands. Um, Absolutely, but you've you've talked a lot about discipleship, and you've mentioned that quite a few times. And um, <laughs> as we talked about before, that's that's really the heart of what Teach Them Diligently is all about. So. I would love to hear and and have you share with those listening in what is what is OCC's vision of discipleship? Kind of how do you boil that down so that we make sure that as we're discussing this and then look at the ways that you approach that both internationally and domestically, what what's behind that? And then we'll talk about what it looks like. That's a great question. So Operation Christmas Child, we are passionate about evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. We believe that all three of those things go hand in hand, you know, to to evangelize without discipleship is, you know, not really the fulfillment of the Great Commission. We are told to go out and make disciples of all nations. And we believe that as you share the gospel and disciple, multiplication is a natural outflowing of that. So that really is our, you know, kind of our our mission and our, our purpose is evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. Um, but really the how, how is where the rubber meets the road. It's really easy to say like, oh yeah, we're all about this, but how do you be all about this? You know? Right. And so, but I think starting kind of at the, at the grassroots of that, starting from the philosophical, I think that for years when I was in children's ministry, so many things that I came across were starting so many curriculums and materials and, and, and resources were really starting from a place of teaching our children and just educating our children. Mm-hmm. And it was, there was always something that was really, really lacking in that. And I, 
I think that it's really important to start off the conversation with saying, what is discipleship and how is it different than teaching? How is it different than educating? And if, if you're teaching math, if you have a math curriculum laid out for the year and you're walking through that, you know, by the end of your by the end of your semester or your however long you're teaching um, that particular math course, there there's a set of of mathematical objectives that you have, right? Your children or whoever it is that you're teaching, the kids in your class need to be able to accomplish certain mathematical things. And a curriculum is a great tool to help you do that. And and that is is your goal, to transfer the knowledge from the mind of the teacher, from the mind of the adult into the mind of a child. But when we take that same approach to discipleship, we we really kind of miss the point, I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. And so discipleship is really not about transferring knowledge from the mind of an adult into the mind of a child or from, you know, one person to another. Discipleship is really about transferring heart from the heart of somebody who passionately loves Jesus and knows that he is the only valuable thing into the life of a child to show them what that means and how that plays out. So education Teaching starts with the question, what do I want this child to know? Discipleship starts with who do I want this child to become? And that is foundationally different. And so when when you start with a different question, obviously, you're going to get a very different result. And so the greatest journey, all of our discipleship is really built upon that idea of as we approach God's word, as we approach you know, 12 discipleship lessons, how can we look at these with the heart and with the mind and with the eyes of a disciple maker? So how do we start with who do we want this child to become? You know, how, how do we get there? And so, so we, we, we start with that question and we built um, 12 lessons. The first six lessons are built on the idea of really helping that child to know the gospel, not just you're a sinner, you need Jesus, accept Jesus, but really understand, we start with creation. We believe that it's important for children to really understand that they were made in the image of God. And so, you know, if you look through our materials, you'll see in, in lesson one that, you know, we're not doing activities to put the seven days of creation in order. We're not doing activities that talk about, you know, the, the quote unquote mechanics of creation. That's in in our minds, that's not the primary takeaway. The real question is, if we're asking who do we want this child to become? Well, we need them to understand that they were made in the image of God, that human, all human life is valuable, and that they, um, that they were created, everything was created by a God who is good for good. And so that sets that foundation that begins to give them an idea of who they are you know because for me you know, i have a couple bible degrees i still can't always remember exactly what happened on day four of creation without like singing a song <laughs> or going something on my fingers exactly. right exactly <laughs> and so i but but the fact that i was made with a purpose the fact that god has a good plan and that god made and created a beautiful world for good that sets the trajectory and the purpose in the course of my life. You know, that that changes how I see the world and that changes how I walk through it every day. So Absolutely. those kind of things, as we approach every lesson, you know, those first six lessons on what is the gospel, 
helping that child to really know the gospel. The next three lessons are going to talk about growing in the gospel. And then the last three lessons are going to talk about sharing the gospel. So as we walk through these these lessons with these kids, um, those are some of the really foundational things that we're looking at. And all of that has to start in the heart of the teacher. And so we really, in our teacher training that we're doing all over the world, um, we have master trainers who train trainers who go out and train teachers in you know the farthest corners, literally, of the globe. And the primary thing that we're spending a lot of time was it, with um, and on is this idea of creating the paradigm shift within the heart and the mind of that teacher to become a disciple maker. We're looking at Ephesians where it talks about what is the role of a teacher. And it tells us in Ephesians 4 that the role of a teacher is not to, to serve the church. The role of the teacher is to equip the church to serve. And that's a paradigm shift when you really dive into that and say like, you're not here to serve, you're here to help them serve. And so even if you're teaching third graders, your goal is not to serve the third graders, your goal is to raise these third graders up to be the servants of the church, right? And to serve God and to share the gospel. So that's a paradigm shift. Then we're talking about how do we do that? Well, by having the mind of Christ. Oh, and by acting like he did, you know, in Philippians. Okay, that's not intimidating at all. It's terrifying (laughs) to think, you know, that we have this huge responsibility to think and act like Jesus did. Whoa. Um, and yeah, then we're going to walk in me and you. Right. Exactly. And then we're going to go into, okay, that's overwhelming. How do we do that? Well, then we're going to go to John 15 and look at Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will bear a lot of fruit, but without me, you can't do anything anything. And so we're going to spend some time there and we're going to talk about the fact like, how do you disciple a child? You have to be a disciple before you can make a disciple. And then all of the rest of our our teacher preparation for each week, we say, we tell our teachers all over the world, it's going to take you one or two hours to prepare for your for your greatest journey class. But how do you do that? You sit down with a Bible and a notebook and a pen and you're studying God's word and you're asking yourself the Bible discovery questions. You are asking yourself the same things you're going to teach the child. You do not lead where you have not gone. And so there's a great responsibility to be a disciple truly before they go out and make disciples. Yeah, I actually talk to parents as I am as I'm teaching generally moms in the the works that I write or the courses that I do or the times that I speak, um, and I always pass on to them that that discipleship is really leveraging what I have been taught, what I have learned through mm, the years yes. for the sake yes. of another. So I can all those all those things that God has taught me, both the good, the things that I've gleaned, but also the stumbles, the things that He's mm-hmm. taught me through that which I've done wrong. I am able then to leverage that for the sake of my children, for the sake of the other children or, or so anyone, another mom that God brings along my path. But when you look at that, it also redeems a lot of what has come into your own life because Absolutely. now you're able to make something good out of that for the sake of another. And God can use that in such a powerful way. But it Absolutely. does all, it does all start with your own relationship with God and how you're growing and allowing him to transform you so that then you can leverage that on the sake of the other. Absolutely. And that's where our strength comes from. I mean, it could be it's exhausting, you know, to mm-hmm. <laughs> I have I have a couple kiddos of my own and I know, you know, it being a mom, I come from children's ministry, so 
being a teacher of kids, like it's hard work and it can be very draining and it requires a lot of patience. And I run out of my own so quickly. Um, And that's where, you know, we have to be able to tap into those deeper resources that the spirit offers us and walk connected to him and stay in step with him. And he will truly help us to, to become the disciple makers that we have a desire to be through his spirit in us, right? We cannot look to our Amen. own strength. It has to be through him. And, you know, it, it, it would be arrogant of us to walk into any nation of the world and tell them how to teach their children. We don't understand that culture, that context, mm-hmm. but it is our absolute privilege and beautiful responsibility to come alongside our brothers and sisters, wherever we might find them all over the world and encourage their hearts to walk more closely with Jesus and to um, realize that he is the vine. And, you know, because you're, you're coming from a place of humility. So our teacher training comes in from this place of humility saying, guys, we have to see Jesus as the valuable thing. And we have to love these children like he would love them. And the only way we can do that is through his strength and power. So that that's kind of the that's kind of the vision for the discipleship that we do all over the world is making sure that all over the world we're equipping people with excellent resources, but also with the heart of training. Well, and and that is really, really awesome. But you said something, not but, and you said something before we started that just really cut me to the core. And I want to spend a little bit of time on that because, um, and, and kind of move our conversation domestically. I think yeah. it's really for us as most of the people listening to this are going to be American believers, but it's very, very easy for us to be complacent, to assume that um, everything is fine here. Well, I don't know that we think that as much right now as we have historically, but, but, you know, we feel like we have access to every resource known to man. And we do, there are a lot of good churches uh, around. There are a lot of bad ones. But there are a Mm -hmm. lot of good churches around. There are a lot of opportunities of extra things for the for those of us here. But what did you guys find out through some Barna research, as I believe is what you told me, um, that really was telling about the critical importance of those of us here in the States investing in discipleship right now, lest uh, we let our opportunity pass? Absolutely. Well, last year, the end of 2019, um, Barna published a a new study that they'd done that they had looked at kind of the, the global state of children around the world and had seen kind of how they were doing spiritually, how they were engaged and, you know, what what that kind of global snapshot looked like of, of are we reaching children around the world with the gospel and with the hope of Jesus? And they, they brought their findings back and then they were encouraged to say, well, what about in the United States? And so they repeated their work here. And um, basically the result of the study is, is that very quickly the United States is actually significantly trailing the rest of the world, that our children are becoming some of the least reached on the planet, which when you think about that, like globally, the total number of children globally, like the, the global average um, number of children that compared to just the U.S., you know, there are certainly pockets where there would be least reached places, you know, sure. places less than the U.S., but in in total imbalance, you know, we are the ones who are really on the precipice. And so 
Um, you know, it's that whole idea of are we gaining the whole world but losing our own soul? And so how do we as parents, as teachers, as, you know, people in children's ministry, leaders in our communities and in churches, how do we reverse that trend? And I think you're right. We have amazing resources. That's not the issue. It's not that we need some new magic bullet. It's that we have to go first and we have to lead as parents. We have to stand up and be disciples. We have to commit the time to be a disciple so that we can make a disciple in our children. And so that as we coach, as we teach, as we love, we're truly offering children something that's worth sticking around for. And that is not flashy and fun. It's not just flashy and fun. It can be those things, but it's got the depth and the reality and the hope of Jesus. So, yeah, that it is. It's one of those things that, you know, a lot of mornings I wake up and I think about, you know, um, the domestic child, the, the child here in the United States. And how can we reach them when there's so much noise? And, um, you know, here at Operation Christmas Child, we have... Um, we, our, our international materials are available. You can order them online and kind of go through them, um, you know, with your, with your child, very much the same way that they're done internationally. Our teacher training is available um, digitally online. You can watch through that and then, you know, disciple that way. But we've also realized that, you know, just as we've translated our resources into, you know, nearly a hundred languages for the greatest journey all around the world, that that really the American child, um, increasingly the heart language of the American child is technology. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we can fight that, like it or not. A lot of days don't like it. But if you really want a child to learn something and be excited about it and connect with it deeply, oftentimes some form of media is one of the best ways to get their attention. You know, we're, we don't typically have to remind our kids to spend some time on the iPad every day, right? Uh, they're typically clamoring for it, you know? So so we have built a an app. It's a free app for kids. It's called Greatest Journey. It follows along the same 12 lessons as our international materials. And it's built along those same questions with the same heart of how can we help this child think through and help them in their process of becoming, not just their process of knowing. And so again, it's a tool. We don't think that discipleship can be farmed out to any technology, but it is a tool that we do believe will help the American family possibly have some good conversations. We think it's best utilized as a conversational tool in the in the family and to help start questions and discipleship um, conversations at home. Well, and, and, you know, the first step in all of that is we just cannot be complacent as parents. We cannot be complacent within our churches. We mm-hmm. can't take for granted that our children know things or, or they, even the, the, the other couples in our church, I have found so often as I'm talking to people that we make assumptions of background or of what they've been taught for people because of where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're leaping over and we're doing such a disservice by not actually getting in the trenches and investing in lives just day yes. in and day out. It starts at home. You know, David and I say all the time, your home is your Jerusalem. That's where mm-hmm. your primary call is. But then from there you have Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, but you have to start, first of all, turning your heart, making sure your children are well equipped. They are they are standing on a firm foundation for their faith, because then that multiplication that you talked about earlier, you know, for David Mm -hmm. and I we're able to multiply times four with our children and just think of what God can do through them. We're already seeing it as our our boys are now both adults are are. Our older daughter is a senior in high school, and you're starting to see the impact that they are able to have on lives. And God mm-hmm. multiplies his kingdom so powerfully through that simple step of discipleship and then sending out. And But we cannot lose our focus as families, and we cannot become complacent. Um, so it's so exciting to hear of, of these new, the, I guess they're not new resources, but they probably <laughs> are new for a lot of our families. Um, but these yep. That will that will really start at the very beginning. Um, you know, we tie creation in so often because there's so much, so many foundational things there. Um, mm-hmm. Like we're, we're talking about the way we see God, the way we see ourselves, the way we, you know, even so much as the beauty around us. God did that. He could have made it all black and white. He could have made it all so boring, but He made it fantastic and glorious for for our Absolutely. good because He loves us. Yes. Um, so you start there and work your way through and um, to have a, a, a resource that's going to help guide those conversations and give that foundation is so, so valuable. So um, mm-hmm. I hope that everyone listening will take the time. I'm going to give you a link in the show notes here to go look at that, uh, invest in that, get the teacher's guide and grow through it yourself and then pass that on to your children and then start looking for other kiddos that you can share that with as well. Um, I just think that the Lord could use this so powerfully in our homes and our communities and our churches and so on. Absolutely. Well, Hannah, we are out of time for today, but thank you so, so much for joining me. It was so, it's just very exciting to me to hear of the work that you guys are doing and the depth of it. I just think, I I know I was uninformed of all of this. And so when you hear what God is doing through you guys, it's energizing and, you know, just realizing that there are so many, so many others that are actually engaged in kingdom work. I think sometimes you as someone who is serving a lot, you tend to to kind of get that Elijah. It's only me left. Um, <laughs> so you hear you hear these stories, and God just uses them to to excite so many. And so, for those of you that are listening that are serving in your churches, that are really faithful in your discipleship. I hope that this is ex- as exciting to you as it is to me to hear of what God is doing both here and around the world through Operation Christmas Child. So Hannah, thank you so, so much for joining us and everybody else. We will see you soon or talk to you soon. Many of the concepts that we've discussed in today's podcast are further explored and more deeply explained in our newest class, Heart School. Heart School was written to help families like yours refine your vision about what God has called you to do, and then to prepare you to disciple and educate your children with their hearts and yours in mind. We have got to be intentional and purposeful in our parenting and discipleship efforts. So whether you're a young mom and you're brand new to homeschooling, or if you're a veteran mom who could just use a good reminder and refresher course on why you're doing all of this in the first place, Heart School is for you. Visit teachthemdiligently.net slash heartschool for more details and enroll and join us there today. I can't wait to get to know you better that way. Until then, I hope you have a great afternoon and join us again next time.